Hello children and welcome to Bedtime Story. Today is Tuesday and on Tuesdays we always meet Carlos and his friends. So here is another meow story written by Graham Emmett and narrated by Uncle Roger. Do enjoy and sleep well. A Night in the Natural History Museum by Graham Emmett It had been a busy day for Carlos. He'd entertained Ezra... Mr. Matuba's nephew, demonstrating his skills as a juggler with a soft toy mouse. Then a big spider dared to scuttle across the kitchen floor. Carlos wasn't keen on spiders. They were always putting webs across his cat flap. They stuck to his face every morning when he went out. Ezra had visited them to see how they progressed with social media and the internet. That evening, Mr. Matuba was viewing a documentary on the Natural History Museum with Carlos curled up on his lap, snoozing, watching the programme through one eye. Loads of old bones, stuffed animals, rocks. You know, Carlos, I've lived in London all my life and I've never been there. Picking up the laptop, he found the museum's virtual tour. As he browsed the site, one event caught Carlos's eye. A murder mystery evening. An idea formed. Would Teddy, Larry and Priscilla be up for it? How about Horace? Carlos hadn't seen him for a long time. He'd send an email. Your assistance urgently required. Come as soon as possible. Carlos. The next day, Carlos went to see Teddy, Larry and Priscilla and explained his idea. Priscilla said she'd come as long as she was home by 10.30pm. Teddy sent the message to Horace. An almost instant reply came back. When? Teddy emailed back. This Friday, meet at Carlos's. I'll come, Horace replied. All arranged, they'd go by tube after the rush hour. No point in getting trampled on. With lots of people outside the museum waiting to enter, they slipped in unnoticed. Larry was under strict instructions not to eat any of the exhibits or dinosaur bones. They weren't real, only stuffed to look like it. People started wandering off to investigate the crime scenes. The cats followed. Climbing up onto the exhibition cases unseen, they peered down on a group standing around a chalk marking on the floor where the imaginary victim had been found, along with evidence. Footprints in the spilt paint, an empty can, and some letters scrawled in the spill. A detective was pointing out important details. A missing painting on the wall, other paint pots, brushes, and a builder's ladder next to where the painting had been. They moved on to the next group. Same idea this time. The marking was on the wall. Next to it, a tribal spear, club and feathers falling from above. Where's Larry? asked Carlos, noticing he was missing. Horace looked to where the feathers had come from. Larry was opposite them. He'd caught a pigeon that had got in. It was now his supper. T 
Teddy said, at least it's not one of the rare exhibits, then there would be trouble. Priscilla said, can we go somewhere else? These prehistoric animals scare me. Okay, Priscilla, I know somewhere you'll like. Follow me. We'll go to the precious gemstone section, said Carlos. Larry followed, licking his lips. As they rounded the corner of the display, they heard hushed voices. Shouldn't be anyone here. It's not part of the mystery evening, said Carlos. Horace poked his head round the corner to see two people in dark clothing opening one of the cases and starting to remove precious stones. Carlos said, we've got to stop this. Priscilla, Teddy, you distract them. Larry, Horace, you jump on them and I'll set the alarm off. When they drop the bags, Teddy and Priscilla, you grab them and run off in the direction of the people in the hall. They'll run into security officers, then you drop the bags at security's feet. The plan worked and the thieves were arrested. No one knew where the cats had come from, but they were all recognised by the crowd. As a reward, all the owners had a free day in the museum with a guide, including Carlos, Horace, Teddy, Larry and Priscilla. Edited by Sue Rodwell-Smith, Children's Bedtime Story was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntington, Cambridgeshire. Hello and welcome to Children's Bedtime Story. It's Wednesday where we hear all about the orange dog named Jaffa. Written by Jackie Richmond and narrated by me, Sue Rodwell-Smith. Let's see what Jaffa is up to this evening, shall we? Enjoy and sleep well. How much is that dog in the window? Leo and Jaffa moved to their new home. We had a new house right outside the park and it was sheer heaven for all of us. We would have fabulous walks in all weathers going through all the seasons of the year. What a pair of lazy hounds we were to become, but my word, didn't we enjoy our new life. As I said earlier, Leo had one of the longest tails and he would always wag it really hard. Sadly, one day he caught it and it would not heal, so it was decided that Leo would need to have some of his tail amputated. That means taken off. I would cuddle up to him to comfort him after his operation, as I felt so sorry for him. Leo never moaned about his short tail, but it was really good for me and everyone else, as we didn't get whipped anymore. This never stopped Leo running off the lead with me when he was better, through the woods or leaping and jumping about in the park still. In our new house, we didn't have such a large garden as we did in Harrow, but it didn't matter to me and Leo as we had the park. In the garden, Leo would stand with both feet on the fence, which was six feet high, and tell me who was passing by. Labradors, collies, boxers, and all other assortments of dogs. My nose was twitching all the time. The only way I could see over the fence was to jump up and down on the bench. I could hear Mum laughing at me when I did this, so I would do it again. I think I was showing off, but it was great fun. Nan and Grandad would come over and walk both me and Leo in the park when Mum went to work. Grandad felt like a king with Leo walking next to him. 
and Nan loved to walk with me. We didn't come off the leads as I don't think they trusted us very much in case we made a run for it. Sometimes that did cross our minds, but we would never do this to Nan and Grandad. We might to Mum and Dad though. I remember doing it once and took myself all around the park. Mum was frantic, but I had a whale of a time. Leo started to love the quiet life and company of others. He was never too far away from the humans or his buddies and he enjoyed his life to the full. Leo and I would remain mates all the way through, with him looking out and keeping an eye on me. Mind you, I, although being the smallest and youngest, was definitely the leader. It was as if I was teaching Leo all the things that he would need to do. It was lovely for both of us to be together. We had over four years of running in the country park together. It was sheer delight for Leo as he also knew the park, so the both of us were off the lead on our first walk. Leo never looked back. Sadly, as Leo got older, he became unwell. This was very sad for all of us, as he still loved to run, but found it such a problem. He would try his best at getting around, but things were becoming too difficult for him. We had other young and excitable dogs at home now. Even though I told them to be careful of Leo, it was still difficult for him. Although he was the biggest, he was actually the weakest, as he was becoming very unsteady on his legs. Leo eventually went to stay with Nan and Grandad. They loved him to bits, just to help him get through this sad time. Mum would visit him regularly, as he now needed the quiet life. He was always waiting for Mum at the door, as he recognised the noise of the car. I did miss him, as he was always my very best friend. I feel I'm getting a little tired and may need to have a dog nap. I hope you enjoyed my story. Until the next time, good night, children. That dog in the window, the one with the waggly tail. Edited by Sue Rodwell Smith, Children's Bedtime Story was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntington, Cambridgeshire. Hello children and welcome to a story at bedtime. This evening's story is all about a little boy called Johnny and is written by John Mountford and narrated by Julie Stark and myself Sue Rodwell-Smith. Johnny is accident prone and always getting into trouble. Shall we see what he's up to this evening? goes to the bowls club. Hello, I'm Johnny. I'm bright and bonny. I come top in all my tests. I'm not boring. I love exploring. Especially castles. They're the best. But there is something I must tell you. It's embarrassing, I confess. I've always been a little clumsy. And that makes me make lots of mess. Never mind, Johnny. Can we come with you? Where will you explore today? A place I found that makes strange noises. I heard it clearly yesterday. So Johnny sets off to the same spot where the atmosphere is tense. A bang he hears, a gasp. Good shot. It's coming from behind a fence. Oh, how exciting. 
Johnny exclaims. But the fence is high, too high to see. I must find out what fun and games are taking place so noisily. Is Johnny defeated? What can he do? Of course not. He's a clever guy. He finds a knothole round and see-through to peer inside just like a spy. Well, what a sight, all dressed in white. The ladies and the men as well. They're rolling balls to their delight, but why it's fun is hard to tell. I must find out how to get in to ask if I can have a turn. Ah, here's a gate, that's just the thing. I'll tell them that I'm here to learn. So Johnny pulls upon the handle. Now what do you think happens next? Did you think Johnny is a vandal? Not this time, show him some respect. The gate opens with a gentle hiss. Johnny watches with wide eyes. Excuse me, miss, what game is this? The players look around with some surprise. This is Bowles. Do you have an appointment? Can't you see we're playing a game? Oh, don't be mean. See his disappointment. Come here, lad. What is your name? Johnny, miss. Oh, no, not you. I've heard of all your jokes and tricks. The bowling green is flat and true and won't withstand your stamps and kicks. It's not my fault. I didn't mean to. I promise there was no harm meant. I am always very gentle. It was just an accident. Now, just look what you've done. You've made him cry. I'm sure that Johnny's really keen. Why can't he have a little try? He might just be the best we've ever seen. All right then, lad. We've a junior team. With practice, you might get the knack. Get your ball closest. That's the scheme to the little ball. It's called the jack. Now promise me you'll take great care, and you can have a turn right here. Oh yes, I'll take great care, I swear, and I'll get my ball incredibly near. So Johnny grasps the bowling ball. This game is gentle, roll it slow. The big ball trundles towards the small, and all the players watch it go. I did it! See how near it lies to that small jack? I like this game. I'll bet it came as a surprise that I'm so gentle, despite my name. Well, yes, Johnny, it was a shock to see you place the ball so well. I thought you'd smash the clubhouse clock by launching it like a cannon shell. Now it's my turn to win this game. I have to knock your ball away, which means I must take careful aim and bowl fast like a runaway train. The man takes up his ball and bowls, and like he said, his aim is good. Now Johnny's ball got bashed, it rolls, right into where the lawnmowers stood. What was that? That roar and splat. What would make a sound just like that? The engine on the lawnmower growls, and now across the green, it prowls. Help, help, the bowlers cry in terror as lawnmower charges gaining speed. But this time it's not Johnny's error that is to blame for their stampede. At home that night, Johnny dreams of adventures exploring in the day he has spent. For Johnny is always very gentle. He just sees lots of accidents. by Sue Rodwell-Smith 
Children's Bedtime Story was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntington, Cambridgeshire. Hello and welcome to Friday's Bedtime Story. Here is another story about the chimps Milo and his sister Macy and all the inhabitants of Magnolia Avenue. Written by Becca Cook and narrated by me, Sue Rodwell-Smith. Do enjoy! Milo and Macy's Acts of Kindness Gateway Shopping Boulevard looked busy. Milo the monkey huffed. He was feeling grumpy as Jared, his father, had asked him to come shopping instead of playing on the monkey bars with his friends. His sister Macy looked excited. She loved exploring the different shops and planned to get some art materials. Diva the hippo waddled into the parking area by some tall rubber trees and they all got down from Diva's saddle. Their mother Flo instructed, let's stay together, but if you get lost, then return here where Diva will be waiting. Flo got out a large shopping list and they made their way to the Utopia Cocoa and Gifts. Why so glum? inquired Jared. I'm thinking of my friends having fun without me, blurted out Milo. Fun can be found in the most unexpected places, Jared smiled. The smell of chocolate was inviting as they climbed up the treehouse ladder into Chimp Lola's shop. Trays laden with beautifully decorated chocolates greeted them. Milo licked his lips. An arm from the back of the shop was waving at them. Come on in everyone, I'm just making a new recipe, welcomed Lola. Milo and Macy raced across to Lola who stood stirring a big bowl of melted chocolate. Lola filled some tiny pots with the smooth, shiny liquid for Milo and his family to try. Milo sampled the warm chocolate. It tasted so good. Mmm, this is delicious, they all chimed. Coconut, vanilla and maple syrup, exclaimed Lola. Your creations are always so wonderful, complimented Jared. Flo asked for two boxes one for the family and one for Diva the hippo. Kira blushed with pride, but noticed she had chocolate on her fur. Seeing this, Milo swung up to the shelf and collected two gold boxes. Milo and Macy filled the boxes with chocolate and Macy tied them with a green bow. Thank you for all your help, children, smiled Lola as they waved goodbye. route to the arts and crafts shop they bumped into spider monkey flint who was coming down from mop top's creative salon love the new hairstyle flint called out flo flint waved and was beaming from ear to ear milo and macy looked at their parents and suddenly got it lifting their friends up by saying something nice or offering help felt good and was surprisingly fun Entering the arts and crafts shop, Macy decided to try this out. Macy was looking for some bright coloured card, stickers, tissue paper and glitter pens to make her own birthday cards. Blue Morpho butterflies were eager to help and soon all the materials were wrapped up in a paper bag for Macy to take home. This is my favourite shop and you are the most helpful butterflies I have ever met. Thank you so much, said Macy. 
The butterflies fluttered happily around Maisie as she giggled. Next was a DIY store as Jared needed materials to finish making the new hanging egg chair. Iggy the iguana was perched by the window sunning himself. He opened one eye as Milo and his family entered the shop. Iggy and Jared began to chat as Milo curiously looked around, remembering not to touch anything. Suddenly, there was a crash. Iggy had accidentally knocked some paintbrushes off a shelf. Milo went over and picked them up whilst Iggy finished serving Jared. That was mighty helpful of you, young Milo, commended Iggy. Please take a sweep from the counter and give one to Macy. As Milo eagerly took a couple of sweets, he realised he was no longer feeling grumpy, but happy. Once the family had finished shopping, they returned to Diva the hippo, who was waiting patiently to take them home. Milo and Macy gave Diva the box of chocolates. Diva broke out in a toothy grin, for once Diva was speechless. They all returned to Magnolia Avenue, feeling very happy indeed. Edited by Sue Rodwell-Smith, Children's Bedtime Story was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntington, Cambridgeshire. Good afternoon and welcome to Children's Corner. The poem this afternoon is called Nothing To Do. It was written and is narrated by Jumping Jaws. Do enjoy, children. Nothing to do. What can we do? We've got nothing to do, they cried, looking ever so bored. Don't worry, I told them. It won't be long before the astronaut lets you on board. He told me he'd take you to Mars and back, as far as his rocket will fly. You won't be bored while zooming around, bursting clouds up there in the sky. What can we do? We've got nothing to do, they cried, feeling ever so down. Don't worry, I told them. I think I just heard the fearsome pirates just docked in our town. You'll soon be boarding that mighty ship, sailing rough seas out there, stealing treasure while singing fine tunes. A real pirate buccaneer. What can we do? We've got nothing to do. They sobbed, feeling ever so sad. Don't worry, I told them. The elephants need help removing those frogs from their backs. Just use that board to climb right up. Send those frogs hop-hopping away. In no time at all, the tigers will roar, creating a frog-bouncing star parade. If you're feeling bored with nothing to do, look for adventures of flying around. If you grab one quick and make it come true, it'll be the best fun ever to land. Edited by Sue Rodwell-Smith, Children's Corner was brought to you by Wavelength Productions and recorded in Huntingdon, Cambridgeshire.